Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode is entitled, What's with the Job Description? Now let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a very long time, and I think we're still good this week. Yes, we still are. Uh, We've both been managers for a very long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee, then move to the manager. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations and what we've learned from that. And we're always going to have a really good discussion. Are we going to have a good discussion, Greg? Oh, yes, we are. This is a great topic and one of which uh, both of us are very passionate about in our opinions. So we're going to try not to rant? Yes, we're going to try not to rant. So what's with the job description? You have landed a job or are interested in one and you experience some or all the following in regards to job descriptions. You start your new job and your role is so different from what was advertised and what you were interviewed for. You don't actually have the experience that the new job demands. The job is much more minor in its role than you were led to believe. You aren't working for who you were told you were going to be working for. You are looking at a job description that no one could fulfill and you don't apply. The job description looks like it was templated from another job, often the job above you. You aren't sure what job you're applying for as it seems confusing, template over template. You find out later that there was a preferred candidate, but that wasn't specified. So Greg, how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, job descriptions are something, and or job postings, which is really a shortened version of a job description that you post out to get uh, people to apply, are so complicated and frustrating. And uh, if, if, if what is stated isn't the truth, or it's or is completely different when you arrive so frustrating because people make big commitments either to go into a new company or into a new role and if then you show up and it's not as was explained or as documented it can be pretty frustrating up from the start secondly if you're hiring someone that um, doesn't fit or doesn't have those qualifications or isn't a good match because you've actually articulated it incorrectly, it's a, a cost to the organization in addition to a personal cost to the individual who's joining. So lots of, uh, lots of issues uh, if you don't really uh, spend the time to do this right. Yeah, I think uh, my experience with this, I've had a couple really interesting experiences there's one occasion where I, I jumped organizations and I ended up not working for the person that interviewed me and the job was a little different than I thought it was going to be. And uh, a couple of times, the person that hired me uh, ended up leaving and I ended up doing their job. So uh, I think there's a bunch of things that go on here. But what I found lately, Greg, was uh, as you've uh, outed me a couple of times, I'm retired, but kind of trying to figure out what I want to do next. And I've been looking at some job descriptions. I'm not, not 100% sure what I want, but there's been a couple times when I've stumbled upon something and I go, I'm really interested in that. That's that's interesting. If that's a good organization, I, I could see myself wanting to do something like that. And 
I've gone into like first or second level interviews and it's quite obvious that not a lot of care was taken putting the job description together. And I started asking questions. They're quite obvious that they templated it from the person above me. Cause I had in one situation, I had like 16 questions cause it didn't make sense. I was just trying to get a sense of what the job really was. It was really kind of frustrating. And at the end, I don't think I was what they were looking for and, and that, that's fine. But because the proper attention to detail and they describing what the job was, you know, if you're going in there and you got 16 questions about what the job actually is after reading this document, then it's probably not the best document. Well, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, it's like if you're purchasing a product and they have a description of what that product is and then you get it and it's nowhere near reflective of that product, you get pretty frustrated. Um, better to better to underdo it, but even you you want it as accurate as possible because you know you know what you buy. Uh, you know, I just bought a uh, a camera uh, on one of the online ser services, and I and it looked fantastic in the description. And when I got it, it was nowhere near what it said it was. And it's frustrating from a time perspective and returning and going for that. Well, that's just with a product. But if it's a career move or a job move or a decision to, to join an organization, how much more of a challenge and difficulty could that be? Oh, I agree. I agree. So what are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? And I think you started us off on the right footing there, Greg. Be clear what the job is. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, really do some thinking about what's needed in the job as well. Uh, one of the biggest conversations I've had with people recently is how frustrating it is when it's usually templated or some organizational rule that says you have to have this many of years experience. And that is so frustrating because what do years of experience really mean? What I want to know is what's the depth of your experience and someone may have gotten a real depth of an experience, a breadth of an experience within two years uh, versus someone who is in uh, another job that it took four or five years. So be clear on that job and don't um, be biased by old constructs uh, that, that don't allow you to really discover the experience that someone's bringing versus the length of time. This is obviously, I'm, I'm almost on the edge of ranting on this one, but I do find that this is one that is, that is really, really, really important. So be thoughtful and be clear in what the job is and what you really need for someone to be successful in that role. And don't get stuck into old uh, constructs of number of years, because honestly, I don't think that is, is uh, um, in some roles, maybe, but in most roles, that shouldn't be one of the measurements. And you touched on our second point as well. Start the job description from the beginning using old templates or putting two jobs together and just taking all this pre-written stuff. It ends up get, becoming a bit of a mess. I like that process. You know, let's go back to the beginning. Who are we looking for? What do they need to do? I love the idea. Let's start from the beginning. You know, it's such an important document and you know, your next great person, I'd whether or not they want to come into the company. So I think it's worthwhile to actually go back and start the job description from the beginning and just think it out from uh, on zero. 
Yeah, you know, I think that's a great suggestion. And what I've always done is say, you know, and especially I, uh, what I've always done is, is exactly that. And especially in our world today, that things are changing so dramatically. So I always start with the question, do we need the role to be replaced if we're replacing a role? Secondly, what do we need in the role now? And what, what, what do we anticipate the role will need in the next year or two? Having those questions at the beginning will help you really and take you down to the start. It might be exactly the same. There might be no changes, but I highly doubt it. Because of the way our world is changing and the fluidity of work these days, uh, I think those questions at the beginning are so critical uh, that, that allow you to be more clear and, and uh, more uh, precise of what you need now and in the immediate future. Uh, the, I think it's a great point. And if you're going through this process of, of uh, thinking about the job, whether it needs to happen and the job description, if things are all messed up, if you create this document and it's just all over the place, stop and start again. It's just so crucial that, yeah, you know, yeah. I've been a manager like forever. And, you know, every time I see, you know, myself putting out a, uh, a job description, you know, a bunch of other people have input in it. And it's like, this is four pages long. Does this person exist? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and what are the critical deliverables of this role? What are the critical relationships that are required in this role? What's the critical um, proven experience um, and results that would tell us that this person would be successful in the role? And, and then the other thing I would suggest is, hey, if this is impacting other areas and spaces and there's a lot of connections, get those voices in. Like, don't make it too complicated, but if there's a critical um, customer that this person delivers to, internal customer they deliver to, or someone who supplies as a relationship, man, you know, taking a couple minutes and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're filling Alistair's role, and we want to make sure that we get the best person in the role. You are a key um, uh, cust internal customer of this role. Here are the things that we feel are really important. Is there anything that's missing? If you, that, that simple, those simple questions will create buy-in and connection that will help that person uh, bo both get the right person, but also help them land well and get connected well. Yeah, I like that. And if there's a preferred candidate, I love the idea of knowing this because it just changes the psychology of the situation. If you know, there's nothing worse than finding out, oh, well, they had somebody in mind, and, but they felt that they had to throw to competition just in case. No, I want to kind of know that because if there is a preferred candidate, I'm going to make a choice. Well, that person is probably well entrenched in the organization, so I don't know if it's worth it. Or if I really like the job, it's like, okay, I'm going to swing for the fence. Knowing that, it just... It just puts me in a better situation knowing that. And, uh, you know, when I make my decision, whether it's worthwhile or not, then I'm fully informed. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's great to, uh, for me, what by telling them there's a preferred candidate, what it says is that, you know, this organization has a good process for succession development and development in itself. Um, because normally that's where preferred candidates are coming from. But I always... In, in almost all situations suggests that you also post for a role because it does one of two things. It bubbles up people who may have not voiced their, their interest before. Um, and also it, it creates um, uh, awareness of different opportunities that we are open to posting. But then saying that there's a preferred candidate, 
allows you to know that and, and allows you to respond in exactly what you, you just described in the way that you've responded. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I, uh, there was, uh, I was offered a job. This is like 20, 22, 23 years ago. And I was uh, an investigative supervisor and manager and uh, they offered me this job. And of course I hadn't sought it out and it wouldn't be the job that I would have sought out. So I'm having this conversation with uh, the manager that's offering it to me. And so I said, listen, I wasn't your first choice, was I? And the guy goes, no. I said, I'm not sure I was even your second or third choice. He goes, no. I said, okay, thank you for being honest with me. And I, I did take the job. I mean, it turned out to be a really good opportunity, but I just thought it was funny. It was this, we had this awkward conversation, but that conversation, it, it kind of put us on really good footing because I don't, I want to know, I want to have a good working relationship with this person. I didn't think badly of it because the other two people that passed on the job were like aces. I'll be, I'll be third or fourth choice, no problem. But you've actually put me in, in a, at a cache of people that I highly respect that I think are really, really talented. So no, I'm good with that. I mean, and I thought it was good for our relationship as well. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it really models that authentic kind of relationship right off the bat, being honest, right? I think that bodes a lot for how you will, you probably work together going, going forward from there. Yeah. And take some time to figure out what the potential hire needs to bring to the table and prepare to be flexible about it. We've been kind of uh, talking around this. You don't want people to pass on an opportunity because you sky hide the requirements when they would actually be perfect for the role. And, and I think this is where the art comes into it, Greg. Uh, yes, we need certain things and we might dream for certain things as well, but we got to be careful that we don't make things too stringent, that the right person who might be reading this is going, ah, oh, I don't, I just don't fit in that bucket. And you could be losing out on your dream employee, the, the person that really come and be able to help. And I think sometimes when you do that type of thing, you, you close the door on a bunch of people that would be knocking. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, uh, in, in other podcasts, I talked, uh, I talk around uh, this, this process that I use for most things. And it's, it's really identifying what's tight and what's loose. So what's tight are the things that you can't change. That, that have to be there. And what's loose are the things that there's fluidity and flexibility with it. So, you know, as an example, if there is a specific certification or level of education that is really required for a role that is a must have, then that's something you've got to have. Um, but loose is the things that, you know, are preferred, uh, maybe, maybe valuable, those kinds of things. It's okay to have them in there, um, but you know, be clear on what is what is tight and what is loose, and uh, that will allow that freedom to bring in more diversity and um, uh, uh, really different experiences. And I do think there's a lot of studies these days specifically around biases built into job descriptions, not even intentionally, but they put them in. And not only does it, it, uh, it, it limit your, uh, the diversity of thought, it actually limits the diversity of cultures and backgrounds, uh, socioeconomic uh, levels because of the words that you put in there. So be really thoughtful around that, especially in this time of becoming aware of that and opening up. Make sure what is really, really tight and then how do you frame it up so that it allows a broader pool to uh, um, get excited about and possibly interested in because you're going to find the diamonds in that pool 
by doing that. That's awesome. I like that. So as employees, there's a couple things we can do to assist as well. And the first one is ask a lot of questions about the role. That could probably uh, route out a bunch of uh, concerns you might have. Uh, and maybe there's issues with what they're asking for, but what they actually need. I think it's great that if you have the opportunity or make the opportunity, ask a lot of questions. Yeah, you know, I, I, I and I think most managers love uh, curiosity and enthusiasm. Uh, and so by asking questions about the roles, uh, one, it demonstrates that, and equally important, it helps you really determine um, what the role is. And definitely what I would also suggest in preparation for that is the next line actually that you've got is nail down what's important to you. So those questions, if you spend some time ahead of, you know, I uh, often when I'm helping people through transition, uh, we help them come to the five filter questions that are, are five filter areas that are the most important things that need to exist for me to uh, really enjoy a culture to in, impact within a community. Um, and so know what those details are and then craft your questions around there uh, so that you can best understand if that role and has it, especially when you have the the uh, whole kitchen sink uh, job descriptions that aren't really clear of really what is true. Yeah, I like that. I found, uh, I, I had an interview a couple months ago. It was an interesting job. And it's one of these ones where I really wasn't 100% sure what the role was. And what I found out was, uh, and there's a bunch of points here and I've broken them down, but I think they all end up in one discussion. We'll go through them, of course, to make sure we cover everything. but. Uh, I found out that I, it was a new role, which didn't say in the description. So that brings a bunch of stuff with it. But also I was going to be reporting to somebody in another country. And I think you, Greg, have reported to somebody in another country. I have never done that. I'm not sure how that works. But there was a bunch of things that came out when I sat down and actually started asking the HR person a bunch of uh, questions and stuff like that. And all these things came up and I went, okay, I've never dealt with that before. This is a new role. And, uh, you know, asked a series of questions. It was quite clear that they hadn't really thought about a bunch of stuff. I think they probably got the money in the clearance and they just wanted to hire and get on with it. But there was a bunch of details that they really hadn't worked out and a bunch of uh, accountability things that they hadn't worked out as well, which my questioning brought to, to light. And uh, it's no surprise, Greg, I did not get the job. Yeah. Well, and you know what, when you discover that, that they haven't got everything figured out, that's another point of data that you can take into as to whether or not you want the job or not, but also cut people slack because the, the, you know, again, uh, often, you know, you're just trying to survive as a manager. You're trying to bring that in. It, it, if it is clear and they've done the work, it does send a clear message that this is an organization is really thoughtful about um, who they want to join their community, uh, uh, that people are important and clarity is really important. So it will send you a little bit of a clue, potentially of how this organizational approaches people. Uh, however, um, you should also give them some slack. Sometimes, you know, things are in a rush, uh, things are in, in flux, and therefore they don't have all the answers. So more importantly is how they respond if you, they don't have all the answers. You know, so are they, are they, well, that's a great thought. You know, we hadn't thought about that. Here's the things and how do they get back to you? So how does that relationship work? So when those answers aren't clear or you, you clearly discover that they aren't fleshed out, um, 
it's less important that they're not clear for me and it's more important of how do those people respond to your insights, your questions and going forward. Cause that again, tells you a lot about that organization and the leadership and how they, um, how they lead, uh, which, which will help you decide whether you want to be there or not. Yeah. And what's interesting is I I've been offered a job before and uh, they've said right up front, they said, listen, we got the money for this role. We're not hundred percent sure on the details. Uh, this is what we need you to do generally. And, you know, we got a bunch of people to say, yes, so we're going, we're going to offer you this job and please bear with us as we kind of sort out all the rest of this stuff. But just to let you know, that's the situation we're in. And they're very authentic and, you know, very forthcoming with me. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that these types of things happens in companies and, and organizations. And if, you know, they, they get an opportunity and the door opens a little bit, they're going to go running in. And I think that's great, but they're really upfront about it. And that's what I really liked about it was, listen, we want you to do this job and, you know, yes, you have this concern and we're going to plug that concern with uh, a person to assist you, but we've got this role and we want you to do it. We think you're the right person and we're sorry all the details aren't worked out, but we're going to get there. We're going to jump on this opportunity. And I thought, okay, that's good too. I mean, they're being forthright with me and maybe I'll have some input into the role and, and how it builds out. I, th I thought it, in the end, it was a positive experience. I, I love that. And you know, a tip for managers is that if you are in that position, what a better way to uh, deepen your understanding of candidates and get great insights from the best candidates. What a better way than to say, we haven't really got this fully in. If, if you were creating this job, what would you say would be the most important things? Um, what, are you, what are the watch outs that you would think of um, candidate as, as you were going into this job? Man, oh man, because obviously these are the best candidates and you've bubbled up to those final interviews. So I would incorporate that into your interview and then help craft the job description from that. Uh, because one, what you do is you've got best practices now from those great talent that you're interviewing. And then secondly, you've got great buy-in because if now, if again, if I feel, boy, this is the kind of company that actually wants my opinion, and then when I come into the role, the, the final job description expectations that are actually including some of the things that I contributed in those last sets of interviews, you're going to have uh, such a more enthusiastic, engaged uh, new employee and someone who's going to have a much quicker start um, uh, in, into their new role. Yeah, I like that. And when you're looking at a job description for a role, uh, if you can reach out to the hiring manager to understand what's actually being asked for or the HR rep, uh, that's just a great thing. I know, especially with internal hires, uh, quite often if I was hiring for a position, uh, I would get the emails, could I meet you for a coffee or could I come by and see you? And I kind of like that because uh, you get to see who's kind of interested in the job. Uh, you're kind of getting a pre-interview interview and I just think it shows a lot of maturity and just the way that is approaching this, it's thoughtful, you know, communication is never a bad thing. And, you know, pre-interview, pre-process, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just a good, good thing. I agree 100%. You know, again, this is a common theme that I've said in, I think, all of our podcasts. My, the, the two attributes that I think uh, are uh, most demonstrated in the uh, the best leaders that I've worked with 
whether they are leaders of people or individual leaders, um, uh, is curiosity and courage. And by doing that, what you just said really demonstrates both of those. Courage to actually call and say, I want to ask questions. Curiosity to say, I want to understand. And then add on to that, really a level of discernment that this person really is doing their due diligence to understand the role. Um, those three things together are pretty powerful signals. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the last one on the employee, never be put off by some daunting job description. It's just a tool people use, um, swing away. Sometimes people are lazy and they put a bunch of stuff in there. It's templated. But if you think you want that job, if there's something there about maybe the organization, some of the people you know in there, uh, sometimes you just got to swing away and do your best. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And there are a lot of daunting job descriptions that are out there. People are getting better. Um, uh, but there are still a lot of, uh, daunting things, uh, that are out there. That's for sure. I, uh, Greg, I would disagree. I've been looking at a few things, uh, recently in that, and I, I've seen these job descriptions. I go, there's nobody exists that can do that job or that would want to. So I, I think there's a lot more work to be done in this area. And, uh, I would like to see things a little simpler. Like, let's just get to the point folks. Like, you know, you want a good person. And uh, I think we need to meet in the middle and, and, and par these things down a little bit. And, you know, you mentioned a bunch of things, you know, you know, is this education really necessary or these skills that we're looking for this experience? I think let's just get to the point. And uh, so I, I kind of probably disagree with you a little bit. I've been looking at a few things cause uh, you know, I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to do. And uh, I think some work really needs to be done in this area. Well, you know, I am more of an optimistic uh, optimist and you are more of a realist. So that probably makes a lot of sense. But I, it, do, it doesn't surprise me. I, maybe I was just being hopeful that that, uh, that uh, was going in that direction. Uh, the one thing that I've always found that is helpful in that situation is um, we used to call them, I think they were called um, uh, role charters uh, or, or role snapshots. And um, those are an easy way to do it too, to create just, uh, and I think I mentioned these just earlier, rather than the deep so deep details of these job descriptions start with those um, snapshot questions like what are the most critical things that this this uh, this role is responsible for you know what are the um, other teams that this this role interacts with you know uh, and there there are there are probably four or five questions that are really the realistic uh, nitty-gritty focused um, descriptors of what this job does, who this job connects to, what uh, success looks like, those kinds of questions. Start from there uh, and that will help you uh, fine-tune those daunting include everything job descriptions. I love that. I love the idea of an FAQ on a yes. job description. That would be friggin' awesome forces them to make some decisions and to bear down on absolutely what they need to say about these things. I love that idea because I think, you know, the problem that I'm seeing, Greg, is that somebody sits down at a computer and they just start thinking and they, and some of it is just you know, nice things to have. And it's like two pages long, like not everybody has all that stuff. And, and I really love that idea. If everybody put like an FAQ sheet attached to something, that would be fantastic. Cause I think that resonates with people. People like that idea. And I just like the process of having to put together. I don't know if you've had to put together an FAQ sheet on something, Greg, but I've had to do it before and it really focuses you. It's a really, really beneficial exercise. I agree hundred percent. Just for those folks that don't know what FAQ is, facts and questions. 
I, we call it frequently asked questions, but that's good too. Oh, that's, that's actually probably what it is. <laughs> so, so that's pretty funny for those people who don't know what it is like Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome, right? I mean, I just love that process. Anytime you, you, you can do something like that, I think everybody involved benefits from that. It's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. Does this come up in your uh, consulting practice at all? Like I know you do a bunch of all sorts of stuff all across the board, but do you ever get into discussions about um, you know, job descriptions and that with any of your clients? Yeah, you know what? Uh, last time, well, we do often in when I do, I do a fair amount of work in org design and especially as we're moving to more fluid organizations and and therefore job descriptions, but it's more that FAQ uh, aspect of it is what we're more talking about because then we get it really crisp. And it's not just about what the role does, but it's also about uh, how the role interacts with others. Um, because you know now a lot of things are more lateral versus vertical because we're all working in teams and those kinds of things. So definitely this is a conversation that I have internally when I do that kind of work, but also I'm often helping others in transition as they're thinking about um, you know, where they wanna go and um, helping to craft those questions. Like you said earlier, um, frequently asked questions, what are the things that I wanna ask as I go into a role? So on both sides, I do a fair amount of that in the conversations. Okay, now I feel a little bit more optimistic. If people like you wrote there kind of trying to change things a little bit and getting away from the compilers, as I like to call them, <laughs> and, and that, that's actually a good thing because it's about communicate. You, you want the right person and you want the right person to read you know, a document and go, hey, this sounds like a good organization. These people, like, you know, these, these are the questions I have. Like, that's what you want, right? It's that window shopping as you go through uh, a job uh, website, right? You want to be able to uh, get people to go, hey, this is kind of a cool company. I like how they did this. And this, uh, this kind of answers some of my questions. That's cool. Yeah, that's right. And you know, the opposite side of that is, um, well, it's both sides really is like Glassdoor and some of those other uh, um systems that are out there right now, uh, how you do this um, can reflect uh, the brand of the organization, especially as uh, your employee value proposition and what you, what you want the company to be known by. So really it's important to think through this stuff. That's excellent. Uh, anything for wrap up, Greg? I don't think so. You know, again, it's really just, I think the most important thing, yeah, I always do that, right? I don't think so. And then I say something, I'm going to, I'm going to change my tax sometime. The one thing that I would say that I think is the most important thing is always um, start at the beginning. And you said that earlier on as a manager, start at the beginning and think about what is really important in this role. What do we want? You know, that tight and loose, the more you're clear at the beginning allows everything to flow really well. And actually from an employee perspective or someone coming in, it's the same thing. Be clear up front what you want, what you need to know uh, uh, in order to, to make the best decision to join this, take this role or whatever. So both of it, it's just pausing and taking the time up front to be really clear. Boy, that will save so many steps and so many uh, help eliminate missteps later on. Yeah, and I think for me, um... What I find job descriptions kind of put people in lanes. And I think there's a lot of people walking around unique skill sets and unique experience. And I, I think if you just write kind of a lane type of, of job description, you're missing out into in some pretty talented, interesting people that don't fit into the cubby holes that you're kind of looking for. 
so I think if, you know, have some flexibility, I love the FAQs and stuff like that. And I, I think we're going to do another um, uh, episode we were talking before, which I think we'll touch on this as well. But I really think we got, we have to take the blinders off and make sure that we do things and say things and write things in a way that uh, speaks to a larger group of people. Cause you don't know where your next star is coming from, you know, and, and quite often I think we come in with uh, bias um, you know, maybe not the, uh, uh, like race, gender type of thing, but we have a bias in our industry and how we do things and how we came up that could, uh, derail us actually hiring what could probably be the best person for the job. Yeah. And you know, something, one ad added point that you just sparked in me that I will, I will add is that, you know, again, from the perspective of inclusivity, and uh, I'm making sure that you have as diverse of a uh, community as possible because we know the results of that are powerful, profitability, engagement, et cetera, um, is, is because of those biases, if you're developing it on your own, the job description or the, the profile, um, get other voices in to, to review it and, and actually get diverse voices and views on it because, um, you'll miss stuff. And especially if you have the opportunity to have diverse perspectives, whether that's gender, whether that's race, whether that's culture, whether that's uh, length of service and experience. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to have a committee doing this, but, but do a couple pulse checks, pressure chests uh, against it with different uh, um, lenses it's going to help you again, make sure that you're, you're getting away from those biases that will limit the pool of great talent that uh, um, you can tap into. That's awesome. That's good. Now, listen, we, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you really angry, but I think um, we need to fall in again, Greg, on your peeved or happy philosophy. Yeah, uh, we end each podcast with this uh, learning that I had really from one of my original coaches and how I hope that folks leave my coaching sessions as well is that, uh, that the best sessions are one in which you experience joy, uh, where you recognize, hey, I am doing some good things. I'm making some progress on it. Or this crunchiness or peeved off where they've said, my coaches said something that's really stung me a little bit, kind of opened the truth of really what's happening of something that I have an opportunity to do more of. Both are fantastic. And we hope that you have actually a little bit of both. Uh, joy of creating that momentum, that, that belief in some of the things you're doing and churn. If there is something that's bubbling, that probably tells you there's an opportunity for growth there. So dig into it a little bit deeper and reflect upon it and maybe try some things um, uh, to help improve that. So uh, we, we hope that there's some joy and some churn in today's podcast. Awesome. And remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.